What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 57 of the Sailor Jerry podcast. My name is Matt Cothran. I am still your host. And if you can believe it, today is Thursday, March 9th, 2023. And Sailor Jerry Spice Drum is still made the old school way, 92 proof, bold, and smooth as hell. I hope everybody is feeling freaky. Shout out to all of our listeners around the world. Shout out to Scandinavia. What's up, Sweden? Shout out to Austin, Texas. We'll see you in April. Uh, Shout out to Toronto, Canada. Shout out to Edmonton, Vancouver. Uh, We got lots of listeners in Canada. So I hope everybody's doing great up north. Uh, Shout out to the UK. Shout out to Manchester. Uh, Let's talk about Berlin. Let's talk about France. Let's talk about Portugal. Everybody's moving to Portugal. I don't know what's going on, but keep an eye out, Portugal, because rent's about to go up, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, One thing I want to share with you guys real quick. Boom. This book right here has reawoken my creative mind and spirit. It is a book called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by the man, the myth, the legend, Rick Rubin. Uh, I have a hard copy and an audio version. The audio version is sick because it's read by Rick and it's super meditative. His voice is just calming and it's just uh, it's an incredible listen. But the book itself is an absolute masterclass in creative thought. So if you are looking for something uh, inspiring or if you're maybe stuck uh, a little bit creatively or you just want something really cool to listen to that will most definitely have an impact on you, whether or not you create things for a living, uh, this book, honestly, cannot recommend it enough. The Creative Act, A Way of Being by the man Rick Rubin. Rick, thank you so much for writing this book. You know, on the other end of the spectrum, I went on chat GPT for the first time. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but chat GPT is an AI uh, interface platform, whatever uh, the term for it is. But you basically go in there uh, and you just kind of type in a task or something you want it to do. And, uh, you know, using artificial intelligence, it does it and it does it quick. Okay. And people have been freaking out about this because students are using it to cheat on their papers and all this stuff, you know. So I went on there and I asked it to write a punk rock song in the style of Matt Cawthron from the Bronx. And it spit one out in seconds. It was so crazy. So crazy. All right. Uh, it, It spit out song after song after song. Uh, you know, and it was so interesting to see, you know, I mean, if, if I didn't know, okay, I, I'm not going to say it was, it felt like me cause it didn't, but if I didn't know it was a computer generated song, you know, like you would not be able to fucking tell. So it's just a really weird, exciting, kind of crazy, uncertain future when it comes to that stuff, because that is, you know. It's at our fingertips now. It's accessible. It's right there. So it's an interesting, interesting thing. You know, it's going to be cool and maybe a little 
scary to see how it develops from here. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, we're working out some new ideas here on the Sailor Jerry podcast. We're experimenting with shorter episodes. Uh, you know, we're going to be changing things up a little bit, a couple tricks up our sleeves. Uh, you know, why not? Right. So let us know in the comments what you think. Uh, shorter episodes versus longer episodes. Uh, let us know what you think about chat GPT. It all goes down in the comments. It's time for episode 57. Jim McCullough is the lead singer of Australia's newest and possibly greatest punk band, Civic. In this episode, we sit down with Jim to discuss the ins and outs of the band's latest album, Taken by Force. We also discuss Jim's alternative life as a painter and his past life as an undertaker. Plus, why Australian rock and roll is without a doubt the best rock and roll. This is an awesome episode, lots of great music talk, and Jim is a cool-ass dude. So sit back, relax, pour yourself some Sailor Jerry, and let's go! <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm right. Pleasure, my man, to have you on the Say the Jerry podcast. Appreciate your time. Big fan of the band, and uh, Cheers, dude. you know, Same. yeah. Congrats on the uh, on the new album. Okay, Taken by Force is out now, and uh, it's an incredible record. And I wanted to dive into it a little bit here because you know the band's not that old, right? 2017, you guys started. We started like jamming in 2017, you know, and we got our first record yeah. at 2018. So I guess yeah, 2017. So it's not that old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the EP's out 2018, and then you know you kind of burst onto the scene. Okay, with Future <laughs> Forecast, Future Forecast in 2021, which is a great, great record. Um, Thanks, yeah, absolutely. So. What was the mindset, you know, going into Taken by Force? Future Forecast was kind of like our, I don't know, I hate saying this, but it's like it was kind of our lockdown record, you know, like we pieced it all together during lockdown and certain people were, you know, we had like all these radius kind of um, like uh, restrictions and stuff. So like people yeah. weren't allowed to go to certain houses and, you know, so we had to kind of patch it all together. And our old drummer, Dave, I was like, he was living above this pub the tramway hotel and like I'd go meet him and like we'd stay up and like do you know vocal takes and shit and it just felt really like I don't know a bit of a Frankenstein record everything was just kind of pieced together a bit you know yeah um so for taking my force we were like fuck it we got to like all get in the same room and we got to like I don't know I just wanted to feel a bit more unison or something so yeah we we fucking went away and like lived in his house for a week and got it done you know you worked with Rob Younger you know Radio Birdman what what was the recording experience like? Uh, Rob came about two days in and he's like, you fucking said it. He's like, you've already done half the songs. And we're like, no, no, we just did all the beds because we didn't want to waste your time, you know? And it was pretty funny. But so he was there for like all the 
overdubs and like the vocal takes and all that kind of stuff. But we kind of got all the beds done just before it got there anyway, you know? So you started the record without the producer? I know. Well, fuck. We didn't, we've, ne- <laughs> we've never. He was kind of like. He was kind of like. Uh, what? What do you mean? And we're like, oh, I don't know. Like we do. I don't know. Like we've never had a producer before, right? And we're like, what does a producer even do? And then we're like, who the fuck is? Who's a producer? And then we're like, wasn't Dre a producer? And we're like, yeah, true. Like we just like we never thought about having a producer before, you know? And so he comes in and like. He's like, what do you mean you've already recorded some shit? And we're like, oh, I don't know. Like, we just thought we didn't want to waste your time. And he's like, that's my job, man. I'm fucking supposed to, like, listen to the shit, you know? And we're like, oh, well, it's done now. (laughs) But, yeah, it was cool having him around. I want to talk to you a little bit about Australian rock and roll because, you know, I I know a lot of people out there, of course, they know ACDC. But especially when you're talking about punk rock, uh, Australian pub rock, underground rock, it's so fucking good and i feel like it's never gotten pasteurized or filtered there's something about the way you guys write music out there that just stays raw you know Mm. and it's like i was wondering you know i know you're not going to tell me the secret it's just like the english won't tell me the secrets of stonehenge but (laughs) what if you had to put your finger on what makes like australian rock and roll australian punk rock so good what do you think it is I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess maybe it's like, you know, just like the influences, like the, like the people that have come before, like, you know, you got colored balls, you got master apprentices, you got like fucking divinals, you got all these kind of shit, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's like, maybe it is. Maybe it's like, but that's another thing I was going to ask you because, you know, it feels like, you know, a lot of times, like you would say, maybe on a global level, if you were to look at punk or rock and roll or just fucking guitar music in general, it seems like a lot of times the older generation, you know, they kind of like shitting on the younger generation a little bit. But it yeah, feels sure like is. it feels like in in the smaller circle of Australian music, there's a lot of like the young, the older generation like like rooting for the younger generation oh, man, they and like love and it. wanting to be a, yeah and like wanting to be a part of it and see the tradition carry on. You know what I'm saying? I think I think well yeah that's you've just said it. So I think that's what it is. It seemed like such a sick time in like the 70s and 80s in Melbourne, Sydney, especially Australia. And maybe it dropped out a bit there or something. Like, that's what it seems like. And now it's kind of like revving back up again. And they're all, everyone's just getting G'd up again, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why we started Civic in the first place. Because, like, no one was fucking doing – no one was sounding like the Saints or Birdman. Like, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. And we were like, fuck it. Let's do this shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you do hear that. You know, you do hear the Birdman. You definitely hear the Saints and what you guys do, um, you know, which is, which is awesome. Um, for you personally – you know, as as the front man of the group, who are, you know, some of your influences? How did you kind of form like your your style, you know, whether it's uh, in the studio or or even live, you know? Well, we all kind of came from the hardcore scene. And I was like, all right, well, how am I going to translate that to the more rock and roll sort of thing? And it, I did just go about it in the same way. Like I try and I just approach it like a hardcore singer, you know? Yeah. Influence wise. I mean, Darby Crash is obviously he's like my, he's like my favorite, but like I'm not going to start like fucking cutting myself up and shit. You know what I mean? And I'm saying like, have you have you ever thought about what? Have you ever done anything weird on stage? You've taken a wrong turn, maybe I'm not that ended, kind up, of ended dude. up in a pile of glass. <laughs> I'm not that kind of dude. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to start like yeah. I don't know. I'd rather like just get get like fucking g'd up, g people up, or like getting people's faces and shit and scare people a bit rather than like start tearing my shit i don't know yeah i don't know what yeah, about you? No. Like, i feel like i feel like the stage presence thing for me is like it's always been 
I feel like it's got to be kind of like organic and like true to yourself. Yeah. Like if you put on too much, it's all good. You know, for me, I just am happy. I don't need to like put on a character or step into a character. I'm happy to just get up there and fucking do it myself. You know, I vibe on that. I think the best way to go is to always be yourself, you know, and eventually I yeah. think that takes precedence over time, you know, which is, which is dope. And that's what makes, you know, you unique. That's what makes anyone who gets up there that has the guts to be themselves, uh, you know, a unique front man, front woman. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's a lost art, man. It's a lost art. It's, it's you I gotta, agree hundred percent. You yeah, know, man. when you are up there, are you, are you aware of your surroundings? Are you the type of guy that can see, you know, someone doing some weird shit in the crowd or yeah, yeah. Man. i'm always <laughs> fucking i'm always like you're always not, watching <laughs> oh man i'm not one of those dudes it's like you know like people like you know if you you know if you're freaking out too much just like look at the back of the room it's like no nah, man i'm fucking looking at people inside people's fucking souls man you know what i mean yeah. i'm like checking yeah. what's going on like bronx opened up uh a couple shows for this uh this english guy frank turner awesome artist uh you know he's got a diehard fan base and a lot of his stuff is like pretty folky you know a lot of his stuff is like pretty singer songwritery and stuff like that yeah and we would come out and Fuck you know it, yes yes and people <laughs> people were not ready like it's the dude it's uh, there was one there was one lady that came to like three shows in a row and she was front row and she was just like pissed the whole time we were playing just like refuse to look at the van yeah it's it's the bad and we did this thing you know at, at the end of the set we were getting people to put their hands up and she wouldn't do it night one and she fucking wouldn't do it night two and by <laughs> fucking night three i was like put, put your fucking hands up you know finally <laughs> finally we broke her finally we broke her when we did pennywise like yeah. you know man there was some fucking people in that crowd that were just like not having a bar of us hey they're like who the fuck are these guys you know and they just stand there <laughs> and it's like same thing like they'd be right up the front cross their arms looking at you like are you done yet are you done yet and you're just like yeah. you sit there and listen to what i have to say <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your art because you have uh you know a little side career as a painter if i'm if i'm correct am i correct right. about that yeah, brother. What came first? First of all, music or art? Art. Nice. So how did how did art come into your world? Oh, man, just like always painting and drawing as a kid, you know. I've just kind of yeah. always done it. And then just like I was doing heaps of graph and shit when I was a kid. And then I like got in trouble. And then dad's like, yeah. and I quit quit school. And dad's like, all right, you got to get a fucking job. And like back then it was like 2007. And it was like this, there was this thing. It was like the tradie shortage, they called it, right? That was like <laughs> the, the great tradie shortage. The great tradie shortage, right? So they'd be like, we need more plumbers and we need more this and we need more that. And it's like, it's because there was, the, there was, a, there was all these like new estates and shit popping up everywhere. And, you know, it's that classic thing. Like they say, you know, you got to get a tradie, under, a trade under your belt. And then, you know, if, if your fucking music career or your art career doesn't pay off, then you can just be a fucking tradie, you know? And so I was just like, all right. So I went and did like roof tiling and shit. And then I was just like, <laughs> two years in, I was just like, what am I doing, man? Like, fuck this, you know? And I just yeah. went to art school. Yeah, that's nice, man. I mean, that's that's one thing I wish I wish I would have gone to art school because there's so many different things now that like I kind of dabble in. But Do I you? just, yeah, well, just different stuff like photography or sometimes I'll paint. But it's yeah, super. Sick. The thing about that for me is it's like a double-sided coin, right? There's something that recently Rick Rubin talked about, which just blew my mind. Um, mm. He talks about the, the beginner's mind, and he talks about how sometimes like, experience is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like Sometimes totally. everything you know can like hold you back 
from like seeing something like you would see it for the first time with no experience, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, it was really crazy. Cause sometimes I think about that, you know, when I'm writing songs or when I'm in my own way, like creatively. Um, but I, that's why I love things like, you know, whether it's painting or photography, cause I can kind of get past that. Okay. Like whatever, I'm just having fun. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but sometimes the further you get with that stuff, it's nice to like, knowledge is good. You know, like you want to know what you're doing or, or it's different techniques or things like that. You well, I know? think you work, work, it's like, you know, we were saying before about like writing a song and it's like, you know, it's like working it out. It's like, that's how I kind of approach everything. It's like, I believe that it's there. You just got to fucking, and it goes back to like getting on stage and shit. It's like, you got to believe in yourself and you got to like, it's like, all right, I'm going to fucking get on stage. I'm going to own this shit. And I know I can do it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this song. I'm going to fucking make this painting. I'm going to do it. It's like, you got to believe in yourself and like, that will get you to the next spot. You know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds like a pretty cliche thing, but you know, I I think it's super important. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to take a quick commercial break so I can teach you how to make the Sailor Jerry spiced rum watermelon cooler cocktail. Okay. Listen to your boy. Here's what we're going to need. One and a half parts Sailor Jerry spiced rum, two parts watermelon juice, four leaves of muddled mint, and some lime seltzer. How are we gonna make it, you ask? Well, we're gonna build it in a highball glass with ice, we're gonna garnish it with mint and a watermelon wedge. Boom. You can find this recipe and many more like it on sailorjerry.com. Now back to the show. What are, what are some things that kind of inspire you creatively? Well, so I just did this book recently it was like this book about because I used to be an undertaker for five years, right? When I was younger. Whoa! Yeah, and I, I for a long time I was in denial about making work about it. I was like, I don't want to make work about it. I don't know how to make work about it. Like, so I was like, it took me a long time, and then finally I was like, all right, well, you don't have to make they don't, they don't have to be gory images, or they don't have to be like anything like that. And so now I'm at a place where I'm just kind of learning how to make images that are about that time or about those subjects without them being super obvious you know yeah, yeah yeah like i've been making these paint these fly paintings lately it's just like these repetition paintings of this this image of a fly and it's like this whole fully loaded image you know it means so much different shit so yeah i've just been been thinking about that for probably a long time now just like that's kind of just trickle you know how like one thing trickles into the next oh for sure for sure dude i um, got i gotta ask about that i got we gotta go into just a little bit yeah let's more, do it like when you when you say undertaker do you mean like working for like a coroner's office? Yeah, so we worked for the coroners and we were like the, well, they called us like transfer staff. So we would go to like the crime scenes and shit and we would get the, like after everyone had left, like the cops had left, the ambos had left, this, that. It was our job to get the body out of the crime scene, yeah? No way, dude. Yeah, so like you can imagine, and like I did it for five years and I've, so like I've seen fucking everything, like, you know, because people are like, oh, don't the don't the cops or the ambos get the bodies out? I'm like, nah, bro. Woo. Yeah, I could see how that could be, you know, something you don't necessarily want to channel in too much well, detail, you know? It's like, you know, I had a very – I had this is the mentality that I took, took on with this because, like, you know, a lot of people hear that and they're like, fuck, you must be fucked. Yeah, it's grim and it's, like, gross and shit, but it's like I was – this, this is how I did it. I was like, I'm helping these people. I don't know them. I don't care how they got in that situation, but I'm going to help them get out of it, you know? 
that's pretty full on. And so you got out of that and then, you know, music and art, that's a pretty unique fucking pivot right there, my man. I was young, man. I was like the youngest undertaker in Australia. I was like 20. How old was I? I was 23, had a mullet and I was like fucking picking up dead bodies and shit. It was pretty funny. Like looking back, but Dang, um, dude. yeah, then just, I don't know. Yeah. Things change. You know, what it's like things just fucking yeah. all of a sudden it's just like, Oh yeah, now I'm doing this, you know? Yeah, dude. And the band is is going really well, man. You know, you guys, the, the new record's out on ATO, which is a label that I fully back. You know, we did some El Bronx stuff and some Bronx stuff on ATO and just a great team there. Yeah, and man. You guys are coming over. Yeah, you guys are coming over to the States for South by Southwest, right? Man, it's our first time. Like, <laughs> it's funny because like, so like, started in 2000, like dropped the first record 2018 and then we were like, saved our asses off because we're like we've got to go to either america or europe in 2019 you know yeah and then we saved up enough and we did europe and like we didn't have instagram back then and we were just like we just fully blew it hey like people were like what do you mean you're in fucking berlin and we we're like oh yeah and they're like sorry we didn't have instagram it's like no one fucking you know we thought we were like being cool by not having it it's like no nah, you're a dickhead like no one knows you're fucking there you know but uh yeah first time over there fucking playing a lot of shows in south at south by it'll be sick though yeah, that's how South by is, dude. That that you got to play as as many shows as you can. Do one time funny South by Bronx story. One time we had like, we were there for like two three days. I think we had like, dude, it was like eight shows. It was so just dumb. But we had we pulled up to this one show, dude. And we, you know, you'll know when you get there. South by, you're you're hanging. You're having a great time. You know, vibes are strong. Drinks are flowing. Yeah. You know, there's there's music everywhere. Uh, and, and we were on like day two of like, you know, a three or four day kind of run there. And it was like this, uh, this Saucony shoe party or something like that. And it was like, we pulled up, we pulled the van up to the corner and it was like this outdoor kind of area where the show was. And then we see, and there's like, you know, there's like a couple people like just kind of hanging out and they're setting up and it just looked just whack. You know what I mean? And so we were, we were, we were in the van, we were in the van and we were on the corner and we were just like, dude, let's just go. Let's just, let's just, let's just go. Just so fucking we, skip this so, one. Yeah. We just, we just straight up skipped it. Did you? And it was, yeah. Yeah. We skipped it. And it was so funny because, uh, we got a message back. Like it, this was Facebook time. So we got a message on Facebook that was like from a fan. It was like, you fuckers. Like I saw you guys pull up. I saw you guys pull up. And then just uh, fucking- funny as. <laughs> Man, I got no idea what we're walking into, eh? Oh, it's a blast, dude. South by Southwest is dope. Austin, Texas is great. Um, you know, and you guys are a ripping band, so you'll have a really good time. We love playing live. We fucking, without tooting my own horn, we fucking give it pretty, we, we play pretty good live. And, like, we haven't had yeah. the opportunity to, like, come over and do that yet. So we want to, like, come over and, like, fucking give it a red hot go, you know? Uh, hopefully I get a chance to see the band live one of these days. Maybe we'll do... Some oh man, fucking hit us up. Let's fucking sick. let's fuck some shit up. What makes a good song to you? Tension and release in any art form is super important. Yeah. I think like creating tension and then fucking letting that shit go, boom, like that's yeah. that's super important and I think we try and do that a lot in Civic like but you know, you don't want to get stuck into a pattern too much. I'll tell you right now, make sure I get the title right. They'll do the guitar riff to Born in Heat. Yeah. Dude, when that kicks in and it's just, dude, that's, and that's what I was talking about, dude, that's what I was talking (laughs) about Australia. That's what I was talking about Australia. That riff and that sound of that riff. You reckon it sounds super Australian? Oh my God. Yes, dude. Oh my God. Yes, dude. 
you know when you're in shit and you don't see it? That's funny that you say that. Born in the Heat sounds like a real super Australian riff. It's kind of sick. Because I, we oh, always dude. thought it sounded like ACDC or something. Well, hey, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Not I, at I, all. I, I, what are what are some bands that kind of you know that give you that feeling that that kind of whether it's old or new or what are some what's some shit that you like that you love? You know, Straight Jacket Nation from Australia. No, who's that? Oh, bro, Straight Jacket Nation is the best fucking hardcore band still active ever, in my opinion. Brian Eno is still like up there with one of my favorites you know yeah like here come the warm jets i still i still never forget hearing that record for the first time and just being like you know first song coming on and just being like what like i don't know it's like you know when you feel like you've, <laughs> you know you, you feel like you've come home or something yeah 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 fuck you know um you know the toms this that one man power pop band project no it's like tom moraldo he was like this guy i think he's from the state i don't know whereabouts in the states he was from but um, he had this recording studio and he'd record all these bands. And then he, one weekend, he had like a free, like two days of free time. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to record all my songs. He recorded like fucking 60 songs in two days. And he wrote this record. I've got it here somewhere. Anyway, it's called The Toms. You should look it up. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I will. This, I don't know if you like Power Pop, but it's like the sickest yeah. fucking record, man. It's just like the best record to put on on like a Sunday or something, you know? That's awesome, dude. What about you? You fuck with uh, what is a gang called Speed? Are they doing well over there in Australia? Man, they're fucking killing it. So like, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. they played Sound and Fury Festival here uh, last year, and they were kind of one of the standout bands. They were really good. This is the sickest thing is that they're touring with Turnstile, right? Because like, yeah, recently there's just been like, I love the whole anti-Turnstile thing. It's like it's. it's <laughs> yeah. Because it's like all these old hardcore kids are in denial that like turnstiles brought hardcore back. They're like, yeah. no, f- I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, they're like, no fucking way. And then it's like, you know, all of a sudden, like in Melbourne, especially, dude, like fucking hardcore bands popping up left, right, and center again. Like hardcore is yeah. back, man. Like in Melbourne, there's like all the bolos. Like they're just like these unrenovated, old as fuck, like bowling clubs. They're amazing, dude. And kids just put on these all ages shows in there. And it's so sick. That's good for everybody in my opinion you know because the more music on this planet the better you know 100 percent, bro more music and art and everything yeah absolutely uh all right so a couple just uh random questions here there's there's been a lot of ufo talk in the states okay because we've shot down three ufos that the government is not talking about do you believe in aliens and has there ever been any ufo like type of story in australia oh bro there's the fucking all right i'm gonna i'm gonna say i know we're running out of time so i'm gonna say this real quick yeah. so <laughs> there's this there was this ufo sighting in Moorabbin at this school it was in the 70s and like all these people saw it and like they like you know hid it under like they hid this fucking story and shit like that you know what i mean so yeah that's one thing that happened in australia but i'm jumping now so like <laughs> i did an artist residency once in this place called suffolk I was sleeping in this army base, right? And on this, in this army base in the 70s, there was a UFO crash sighting. And one day I was like riding around on this push bike in this army base. <laughs> and I was like, ended up in this restricted area. And it was like all these bunkers and shit. And, they, and there, was, oh, there was these rumors that apparently there was, they were stashing this UFO in this bunker. 
and like I was walking around and I was like, there was these two guys who were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, oh, fuck. And I just like got out of there. It's like a full active like army base, dude. It was fucking <laughs> hectic, man. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, anyway, that's, yeah, that's, that's a story for another time. But yeah. Was your question, do I believe in aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you believe? I know I'm talking about, I'm talking about silver bodies, like spaceships, the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I reckon it's mad. Why not? Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just wait. I'm just waiting to see what music they've got. Oh, alien music would. I, th- I feel like it would suck. I feel like alien I music it would be would suck. shit as too. Yeah, <laughs> but we need more people to buy our shit and come to our shows. So hopefully they vibe on Civic. There we go. Uh, better actor Russell Crowe or Eric Bana? Fuck. All right. Well, what what era though? What are we talking? Like Romper Stomper? No. Well, you got. If you're gonna take Russell Crowe, you got to take all of them. You gotta take all of them. Gotta- I'm going. I'm going Eric Banner in Chopper, surely, because that's still classified as, in my opinion, one of the best Australian films. Uh, if someone showed up, okay, at night, Dreamland, and says, "Hey, here's the deal. Uh, I'm gonna make you the most famous painter of all time." Okay, you're gonna yeah. have anything you want, but you can't play music anymore. Do you, Do you do it? No. Nah. You don't. No, you nah, don't do it. No, nah, fuck that, man. No way. I, I, I would. I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't do is, it either. Is, I was just saying. Fucking, what does this fairy look like? Is it like? Is he like? Hey, what, is it's it Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe comes to you. <laughs> well, if it's Russell Crowe, I mean, you know. If you're just a musician, are you allowed to call yourself an artist? Yeah, man. I reckon like. I reckon like my mum's an artist and she makes cause she makes me like the best fucking butter chicken curry in the world. Oh you know? yeah. Like I yeah. think an artist is like, you know, what's punk, you know, the classic thing. It's just like it's a mentality. Yeah. It's like an artist is a mentality too. It's just like if you're creating shit in any like form, you're an artist, man. So then well, this is another question. Why is the internet in Australia so shitty? Because it's fucking shit and it always will be unless they fucking sort it out. So sort it out. Someone, Albo or someone. Yeah, it's it's so funny, man. Every time we go over there, we're like, God damn, Dude. how is it how is it still this horrible? Dude, it's so <laughs> bad, man. Uh this is the Sailor Jerry podcast. Norman Collins is the godfather of traditional tattooing. Do you have any tattoos? I have a lot. What was the first tattoo that you got? Um, it's pretty funny actually. First tattoo I got was when I was 17 off these bikies in near my house and they did a fuck oh man this is so bad so like i uh this is like pre like google and shit you know and so like yeah you know you can't just like take a reference photo in and i didn't know anything about like tattooing or anything and like my mom bought me a salvador dali fucking poster from like this music shop once and I had it on my wall and I remember being like, yeah, I want to get the Salvador Dali elephant on my back. <laughs> right. And so I take this fucking poster down to this bikey tattoo shop and they're like, you want that on your back? I'm like, yeah. They're like, that's fucking big, man. And I'm like, nah, it's sweet. And they're like, this is going to suck. And I was like, all right. And they did it, man. So I have this fucking gigantic <laughs> Salvador Dali tattoo on my back. But then recently, like a year ago, my mate just, he just did a full back piece on me and like blasted over the top of it. And he was like, you should get it lasered. And I'm like, nah, it's got to stay there. Just go over the top of it. Cause I kind of want it to still be there a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what Dolly would have wanted. You know, Fuck Dolly no. would have wanted, yeah. Dolly would have wanted to go over it. Let the original stay there. 
you know it's so bad it's great i love it but can i just say australia like has a a really rich fucking tattoo history as well i don't know if you know about that shit yeah but johnny Antwistle and like dickie reynolds and like there's some fucking dope australian tattoo history here man but yeah i got a johnny Antwistle design on my back not by him he's still alive he's the only old boy that's still alive that's um, awesome, man. But yeah, it's fucking, it's, it's some good history here, man. Hell yeah, dude. All right, my man. Last question. Uh, what to you, Jim McCullough, is the meaning of life? Fuck. Uh, to eat everything on the McDonald's menu. Yes. You know, I came home from Australia and I, I, I called McDonald's Mackers. Because you guys I, don't have, it's not Mackers over there, is it? No, it's not Mackers. No one calls it Mackers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a very like they even changed the fucking signs here. They're like it's fucking Mackers, mate. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I went, last time we were over there, there was a commercial on TV where it was like this this old lady and she was like calling her family to like come down for dinner and no one was coming and she goes, "It's Mackers." <laughs> <laughs> And everyone, everyone comes running down I know the stairs. The ad, I know the ad you're talking about. Oh, dude, man, we like, yeah, fuck. I, we were pretty poor growing up, but like, yeah, there's definitely some times where like, there was this one Macca's right in Frankston, and it was so fucking sick. It had a train in it, man. Dude, like, there was yeah. a train in the. It was like a yeah, part of the playground, and like, yeah, mum would like, we'd go there after school. Like, she just, it was cheaper to feed us with Macca's than like buy go and buy like other food sometimes you know yeah man that's the way it is that's the way it is uh jim man i appreciate you being on the sailor jerry podcast my brother it's been awesome talking to you uh about music and life and congrats on the new civic album uh it's absolutely incredible people can grab it um what's what's your socials what's the website people can go get get the record app people can go find out what you're doing what shows you're playing uh civic evic.com so like just civic and then ivic.com instagram gotcha. civic civic underscore aus is our cool. gram handle awesome i'll link um, all that stuff in the details of the episode too yeah, so sick. so people can can track it down there sounds good man oh right, thanks thanks for your time matt it's nice to meet you bro awesome right, dude brother. take care brother legend take care man yeah peace see you brother bye Oh, yeah, that's a wrap on episode 57 of the Sailor Jerry podcast. As always, huge amounts of respect and gratitude to our guest, the one and only Jim McCullough of Civic. Jim, thank you so much for your time, my man. Awesome talking about music and life with you. You can follow Jim McCullough at Jim McCullough on Instagram. You can follow Civic at Civic underscore AUS on Instagram. You know, they got some tricky socials. I'm not going to lie. So the best way to do this is going to be to Google the band Civic Australia. Make sure if you're in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest, you go check out the band. Make sure everyone out there checks out the records. I'm telling you right now, you will not be disappointed. Um, You can follow me at 213MattMan. Follow Sailor Jerry at Sailor Jerry. Do not forget that Sailor Jerry Spice Drum is still made the old school way. 92 proof, bold, and smooth as hell. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. (laughs) 